Sunday, January 23, 1977 Neither man uttered a word. Inside his suite at the Pierre Hotel on Fifth Avenue in New York City, actor Warren Beatty looked over at his 55-year-old friend, Alex Haley. The two-hour television premiere of Roots, adapted from Haley's best-selling book, had just ended. The credits were rolling. Did you have any idea? Any dream of all this? Beatty asked. If I had, I'd have typed a whole lot faster, the writer quipped in his deep baritone southern drawl. Beatty, who had met Haley a few years earlier through their film agent, remarked prophetically, Your life will never be the same again. The following evening at Lincoln Center's Avery Fisher Hall, Haley was scheduled to deliver a talk on the same stage on which the New York Philharmonic Orchestra performed. Before the doors opened, Haley stepped onto the stage to survey the 3,000-seat auditorium. It wasn't the first time he'd spoken at a venue of this size, but this one was certainly the most impressive. Though the audiences and venues changed, the topic never did. Haley's talk was always about his work in progress, a genealogical account spanning more than two centuries. The story began with Haley's great-great-great-great-grandfather, Kunta Kinte, a West African captured by slave traders. It followed Kunta Kinte's life in bondage and the lives of his descendants. Based on stories Haley had first heard from his grandmother as a youngster on her front porch in Henning, Tennessee, Roots, the saga of an American family, would take twelve years, two editors, and a failed marriage to complete. What inspired Haley to pen a book about his ancestry took hold during his early years as a freelance writer. In 1959, after serving two decades in the U.S. Coast Guard, the latter half spent as the Coast Guard's chief journalist, Haley had relocated to Greenwich Village, a popular destination at the time for struggling artists, musicians, and, of course, writers. Barely able to afford three meals a day, the five-foot-nine, pudgy, 38-year-old at first struggled. No longer living on a military salary, nor able to draw from his pension, his first wife, whom he was separated from, and their two children were living off of it. Haley had reached a low point. One evening he took stock of his entire net worth. As he later put it, two cans of sardines and eighteen cents. Ever the optimist, Haley was determined to make a name for himself. With the aid of an established writer, James Baldwin, a supportive editor, Reader's Digest Fulton Osler Jr., and a savvy literary agent, Paul R. Reynolds, the ex-Coast Guardsman honed his skills and eventually went from a second-rate journalist to one of the leading black writers for popular magazines such as Reader's Digest, Playboy, Saturday Evening Post, and Cosmopolitan. Haley's big break came when he co-authored the best-selling 1965 memoir, The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Though Haley had little sympathy for Malcolm X's radical ideas, the author recognized how these ideas were shaped by the tragic legacy of American slavery a story yet to be told properly to the mainstream. What finally convinced Haley to take on the task came during an assignment for Playboy in London. During the turbulent 60s, the men's magazine hired Haley as a freelancer. His job was to interview celebrities for the popular interview feature. Having already interviewed Malcolm X, Miles Davis, and Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., his latest subject was British actress Julie Christie. Visiting Christie outside of London on the set of Darling, Haley had no luck luring the film star away. 
Instead, he passed the time at the renowned British Museum, where he encountered the 2,000-year-old Rosetta Stone. Mesmerized, he discovered that the stone he was hovering over had unlocked the past to ancient Egypt. It was at that moment, Alex Haley recalled, the journey of discovering his roots began. That evening at the Lincoln Center, Haley spoke for two hours. He never stopped to pause or take a sip from his water glass. Afterward, overwhelmed by fans, Haley did something that would become part of a ritual. He snuck out the back door. He was driven to two high-end parties sponsored by Doubleday, his publisher. It was a heady experience for a man who, some 15 years before, was unemployed and living in a basement on the opposite end of town.